and welcome back to The Hit Show. My name is Danny Russell, and today I am joined by co-host Darby Robinson. Hello, Darby. Hello, Danny. And our guest today is Brett Rutherford, crossover. Yeah, this is a little weird. I'm usually listening to this post-recording where I'm getting it out as a podcast, but hopping on The Hit Show today. I'm excited. Let's do this. As our podcast producer... You can listen to this twice. All right. Um, this is an exciting one because Kevin Cash finally uh, receives the award he's been up for three years in a row. The press, two seasons, he was a finalist. This year, he finally bags the American League Manager of the Year Award and deservedly so. He received 22 first place votes, five second place votes, and one third place vote. Technically, you can look online to see who those uh, votes came from. I don't care. Uh, he's the second manager in Rays history to win the award after Joe Madden did, both in 2008, which was the World Series run, but also 2011, which I think is more interesting because that's when the Rays stopped being Glory Days Rays and uh, Madden got it again. Um, the Rays, of course, are in their Glory Days yet again with a 40-20 and 20 record, which uh, is absurd. Uh, and is a devil's number of 666 uh, win percentage. Uh, you round up the last digit. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. The six, devil six, raised seven. Uh, was the joke I was about to make, but fine, you just ruined that. <laughs> uh, highest winning percentage in franchise history because small sample sizes, let's go. It's also Kevin Cash's first uh, division title, uh, which in the grand scheme of voting, I think really helped his case. I think also importantly was the fourth consecutive season in which the Rays improved their winning percentage. Now next year we'll be able to say this year, the Rays did not improve their win percentage. And maybe Kevin Cash can have that held over him uh, when they drop or to maybe six, they six, can. six instead of six, six, seven. What do we think about uh, Kevin Cash receiving this award, Brett? Uh, it's just, it's, it's very, and for, for me, like I, if I feel like it's almost a win for for me, a guy that's been a huge Kevin Cash defender. It's definitely not a win for me. It's all for Kevin Cash. But like you said, the 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 fact that the Rays have improved on their winning percentage every year since 2016, it's it's seeing this project that ultimately we hope ends in a World Series title just get another accolade on the way there. They won the division for the first time this year since 2010. They won the pennant this year for the first time since 2008. Kevin Cash also brings in manager of the year, the first of his career. It's just, it's very redeeming. And I, and I love it. And I loved seeing him last night on MLB Network, Tito Francona handing it out, and Charlie Montoya being on the broadcast with him, who was obviously his bench coach for a while. Uh, it was just really awesome to see. And for a guy that's gotten a lot of hate, I loved seeing Kevin Cash uh, received that award last night. Darby, what are your thoughts? It was the last two years, I think there were very good arguments for Kevin Cash winning manager of the year. I, I think in 2018 in particular, I think he was the manager of the year. I think 2019, you really uh, could have given it to him there as well. This year, there was no question. Anybody else would have been a travesty of epic proportions. Like he, he, the, the Rays, this is a short season, but it was the weirdest and toughest season you could possibly imagine, right? You have a start of spring training and a stop, then months of, of limbo, and then you start again and you have to keep people healthy. You have to keep, you have to manage the pitching staff. Incredibly difficult because you have to ramp back up to starting. You have to keep people safe. You have to people on the road and not getting kind of loose and ready to like go out to the clubs and 
Pola Plesak. Uh, you you have to you have to somehow manage all of that while keeping people's energy and spirit up and focused on playing baseball while clearly a lot of energy and, and ment mental space is being elsewhere. You know, this is a team that, uh, that, that really was locked in from the start. They played incredibly hard. They all seem to love Kevin Cash, like a ton. Like you hear uh, interviews from, from players and they, they absolutely are all ready to run through a brick wall for him. And so this year in particular, I, I think there was no, there was no choice. This was the most absolutely slam dunk choice of the entire I think award season was Kevin Cash winning manager of the year and it wasn't just the pandemic that was the diversity he faced it was also uh the injured list itself I mean that includes some of the COVID-19 uh, IL stops but uh 15 different players were on the injured list in 60 games including three of the opening day rotation pitchers uh, seven of the members of the opening day bullpen went to the injured list at some point in time and, and four of the starting position players. That's ridiculous. It's also fun to talk about the number of batting orders he used. 59 out of the 60 games was a different batting order, uh, which is something the Mariners also accomplished. The Mariners are not good. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that the, the different batting lineups, it's something going back to the, the Joe Madden days where he would mix and match things almost with no rhyme or reason. Uh, and that's not a discredit to Joe Madden, but Kevin Cash did it. You could see where he was going. You could see what he was doing when he put Yoshi Tsutsugo, who was hitting a buck 90 for a good chunk of the season, why he was hitting leadoff. You could see why Mike Brasso was hitting third or fourth in the lineup against left-handed pitching. And, and the decisions he made throughout the season, changing the lineup day after day, uh, really fun to kind of watch him mold this raised clay as the season went along. And that was, and that's the thing with Kevin Cash that I think we are very lucky to have him as the manager of this team is that he is one of the most bold and kind of progressive minded managers in all of baseball. He is going to be a guy that says like, I need a leadoff guy that gets on base. I don't care if it's the Hulk, Yandy Diaz. I don't care if it's the, the heaviest leadoff man in the history of the postseason when he did it where G-Man Choi uh, it doesn't matter that it's that it's Yoshi Sutsugo, who you got in as your power hitter that should be hitting, you know, kind of in the middle of the lineup to drive in RBIs. He doesn't care about RBIs because that's that's a stupid stat. He cares. Can you get on base? Can you work a walk? Can you figure that out? It doesn't matter if you're fast. He's not. It's not a matter of clogging up the bases. It's it's thinking differently. It's thinking where baseball needs to be in the 21st century and where it's going to go in the future. And so Kevin Cash will move people in the lineup and it'll be weird oftentimes but then when you look at it, you go oh yeah that makes sense why is g-man Choi batting for oh yeah he's actually incredibly difficult on right-handed pitching and will get on base and will be an absolute pest up there uh why is yandy diaz oh because he's basically kevin eucalyptus it's it's this type of managing that will you know ruffle feathers and cause waves but he puts the team in a, a place to win we mentioned the lineups he also uh, tied the, the record of 12 different people getting saves in the regular season. We talked, Danny mentioned that the, the, the bullpen had a ton of, we were ready for this bullpen to be one of the best in baseball. They were last year. Coming into this year, we were expecting some really big things from Colin Pochet, Chaz Rowe, uh, Oliver Drake, Jose Alvarado. 
those guys all missed huge amounts of this season. Uh, with the entire season, you you had suddenly Jalen Beeks emerge. He and then go. <laughs> yeah. Like they, 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 oh, and the Rays traded us. their closer before the season. Did we mention that Pagan? Oh, yeah. is Emilio, also Pagan. Not Emilio Pagan out, out the door. So, like, this bullpen went from being one of the best in baseball to one of the best in baseball, just with different faces. By the end of the season, we're talking about like the stable of guys. We weren't at the beginning of the season expecting John Curtis and Aaron Sluggers and Aaron Loop to be guys that you're like, yes. We're in good hands now. Aaron uh, Loops in the, the list game. goes on. Ryan Thompson. Ryan Thompson. Yeah, nobody had Ryan Thompson before the season. Like this is this is John a, a Curtis, testament just to all this, the trust in the world. This from, team, yeah. And we should also note that it's getting your team to the World Series or winning the pennant is not a guarantee. In the history of the award, only twelve managers have both won the pennant and won Manager of the Year. In the National League side the manager of the year was John Mattingly for the Marlins, which was in the playoffs. And that's pretty cool. And that's another team that was ravaged by injury. So if you're looking for a consistent theme, uh, well, (laughs) sorry, ravaged the injured list. Thank you, COVID, right? Um, Don Mattingly, you know, I think deservedly got his nod. Uh, Also, it's not normal for someone as young as Kevin Cash to win this award. He is uh, 42. And uh, the only managers younger than him to get that award uh this century were ozzy ginn in 2005 who was 41 at the time his team won the world series they swept the astros and then eric wedge (laughs) in cleveland in 2007 was 39 and he won manager of the year which is uh not something my brain remembers but then the other one that we should note is the reason why kevin cash was not manager of the year last year and that was when rookie manager rocco baldelli of the Minnesota Twins got the nod. And that kind of feels like a win for Kevin Cash too, doesn't it? Yes, the Padawan coming through with the win out in Minnesota. Yeah, definitely. Well, and that's the thing, right? Kevin Cash is already starting to build like a uh, a whole damn stable of coaches all around the league. Uh, <laughs> Rock, Rocco Baldelli, you know, was on his staff and, and is doing an amazing job over in Minnesota. Absolutely one, you know, him winning manager of the year last year cannot feel bad, right? For Rays fans. We love Rocco always and forever. Uh, and then this year, who who else is in the, the finalist list? Who else decided to stay on the Zoom with MLB Network to make sure he gets his congratulations? Didn't didn't mm-hmm. leave after it was announced that that he had he had finished third. But Charlie Montoyo, bench coach for for uh Kevin Cash before taking over and doing doing a really good job with the Toronto Blue Jays finished third this year um but another former manager former coach with Kevin Cash and Mac Quattrara it might not be too long before he gets a managerial job he interviewed for jobs last year probably did this year Uh, I don't know how many jobs are left open but who knows he could be a manager come the start of next season well you know if Alex Cora gets fired again uh or, or, the guys, job or the guy on the south side of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> different oh, podcast. God. We could do a different podcast. Let's not get uh, off track. What, well, you know, uh, would you like a LaRusa connection? Uh, no, but sure. if, <laughs> I don't know if we do. I mean, yeah. I don't have to give you one. That's fine. We can move right on. <laughs> it's, up to, it's up to you. No. Um, now I'm curious. Oh, let me let me pull it up. Where did I see? Oh, here it is. Uh, so managers younger than uh, 42 or younger to win manager of the year. Rocco Baldelli is the youngest at 37. Tony LaRusso wanted it at age 38. That was my. What uh, year was that, Danny? 
What year was that? Eighty-three. <laughs> there you go. Case in point um, for Tony LaRusso. Florida State's own. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And and the person who Tony LaRusso is taking over for finished second in this. Rick Renteria, you got to mention that he very weird, very uh, literally yeah, second, boggles second the mind that Renteria was fired. It's uh, you know, there's there there are some interesting reasons why you why the White Sox moved on, and I I think I can get behind that. I think the choices after. Uh, I, I mean, I'm no, sorry, I actually White Sox can fans. I put you on the spot. Give me some interesting reasons because I don't I don't buy them. I think I think Rick Renteria in the postseason in particular, but I think down the stretch with the way that t- here's the thing, Rick Renteria down the stretch for the White Sox, they kind of started to struggle quite a bit, and I think his managerial style. Again, kind of a little opposite of Kevin Cash, right? He's not, he's an older school manager. He's not quite as, you know, progressively minded in these things. So I can totally understand moving on from Rick Renteria. But then when you choose who you go to, then I'm like, well, okay, now why did you go from Rick Renteria to somebody older, more old school, more, I mean, Tony Larusa was very progressive when he won the Managerial Award in 1980 and he stopped that is the last of the new ideas so i totally get maybe moving on from rick renteria to maybe even going after like a a aj hinch right you know there's some baggage behind that but i could see that being a guy that has that did bring a lot of good things to the houston astros as well as a really big blind eye to a lot of bad things with the astros but going to tony russo does it doesn't make a lot of sense and i feel like i i feel really bad for rick renteria because he did a good job and it seems weird uh, yeah. to be passed over for it is, uh, a fossil. It, it's just so weird. I just hope they had someone else drive him to the ballpark for uh, when he was announced. <laughs> um, also on that broadcast uh, was one of the two managers in baseball who are longer tenured than Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash is the third longest tenured manager behind Oakland's Bob Melvin and Cleveland's Terry Francona. Terry Francona, of course, being Kevin Cash's mentor. Uh, beginning in his playing days when he was at the Red Sox and then continuing over into the Cleveland organization where uh, Cash was on his coaching staff. And it was a very nice thing to have uh, Terry Francona kind of present the award. Well, you got to see like Terry Francona, whenever the Rays would play in Cleveland, would put have have the Indians put on the video board uh, a joke you know, getting at Kevin Cash, he had his career batting average up there once. Yeah, yeah, something his, else his career highlights time. for sure. And so when Terry Francona is on MLB Network last night, he goes, you know, I thought I would always be giving this guy a Silver Slugger Award, uh, but to American League Manager of the Year, Kevin Cash, that was that was awesome. To see that and then on the back end of that, Charlie Montoya come back on air and congratulate him. Um, to see, you know, Francona, a guy who, who, who has taught Kevin Cash and Charlie Montoya, who's been in baseball longer than Kevin Cash has, but was Kevin Cash's bench coach, give him those congratulations, uh, was just a really special moment for a guy that since game six of the World Series and the decision, the decision in game six really is a huge part of this story, um, has, has get, gotten a lot of crap from people, not even from people outside of baseball that you would you would expect it from but from pe- people within the game too um I'm, i'll say alex rodriguez uh, i'll just say it but the the fact that kevin cash was still awarded that and i know like the voting's done anyways um to to see him get that recognition that yeah it validates the career's body of work even though the year ends on a low note but also to quote kevin cash himself you know 
everybody questions him for pulling Blake Snow, not just our podcast, Sierra D-Ray's Bay, you know, also his own daughters. So, <laughs> so I mean, every, but he, you know, you stick to the process and sometimes things don't work out and I get it. Uh, and, you know, it'll be interesting with the, the benefit of years how uh because that conversation is never going away for kevin cash until he wins uh, world series if he wins the world until series he, well let's make it happen right um you know i mentioned earlier that uh cash is the 12th man to take his team to the world series and win manager of the year uh the previous two uh terry francona who we just mentioned in 2016 the more recent example was joe madden in 2008 that's how rare it is that this award gets given in conjunction with uh, winning the pennant. So Kevin Cash is his own man and is, is his own person. And when he was first hired, I remember uh, the questions and the prodding more at the national media level of like, will this be a puppet, so to speak, uh, when the Rays kind of went out on a limb and hired someone much younger than was anticipated to take over a team, someone who was clearly unproven and needed shown the ropes a little bit when it came to managing in his first season. Put all that aside, just considering his tenure as the Rays manager, he has a, uh, a 522 win percentage, I believe. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me. That is the highest of any manager in race history. That's a better win percentage than Joe Madden. What Kevin Cash has put together in his body of work is just impressive. And it stands on its own merits. It stands wholly separate and apart from anything that uh, the front office could do or want or ask of him. He is his own person and he's a fantastic person as that. So I, I'm thrilled for him to finally bag this recognition. I, I was worried if this wasn't the year because, you know, you eventually start to get, you, you mentioned he's, he's one of the longest tenured managers in baseball right now. You start to get complacent with it. You start to... In, Baseball writers and awards for this award usually goes to, you know, like like a Rick Renteria with the White Sox. Like, oh, they weren't really expected to be there. They did much better than they expected. Charlie Montoya, the Blue Jays, they were thought to be a year before. They did much better. If it's like, okay, well, Kevin Cash lost it when the Rays got to 90 wins when all the national media thought they were tanking. Then they went to 96 wins. Uh, then, then this year they win the division. If it's not now, it may not have been ever. And that would have been really unfair because this is the, this is the guy that really has changed uh, and challenged a lot of the ways we think about baseball in this modern era, the, the, the opener strategy, the, the, the ways they employ shifting, uh, the bullpen strategies that they, they employ. This is, he, he is a manager that is on the, the bleeding edge of, of baseball right now. And I think it is a really great for the game that he does get honored in this way. And, it did feel like the, the train was leaving the station. Eventually you go like, oh yeah, he's he's great. Him doing great and the Rays doing great. Eh, whatever. That's that's not shocking. And and I think that would have been unfortunate, but that's not the world we live in. Thankfully, in this world, he finally did get his accolade. Well I've got I've got a question for you guys. And it's probably still way too early to decide this because Kevin Cash's tenure with the Rays is not over yet. Would you be willing to call him the the greatest race manager of all time. Mm. No. That's fair. Yes. Okay. I want to hear yes. Darby. I want to hear what yeah. Darby has to say. No, let's, 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 <laughs> yeah, you're no. like, all right, Danny, thanks. Let's move on. Um, so <laughs> Joe, Joe Madden kind of revolutionized a lot of what modern managing is today. 
Kevin Cash is not. And so when it comes to like historical precedent and what Joe Matt was able to accomplish at the moment, can I definitively say, given if Kevin Cash's Ray's career ended today, does his Ray's career represent a bigger deal to me than Joe Madden's? No. Joe Madden overhauled the entire Ray's from nothing into something. I mean, Kevin Cash also had to do the same thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it just, it wasn't as revolutionary. Unless you count the opener, we could, you could go there, but that's not as beloved as the shift. Come on. Um, so at the moment, as of today, maybe not. Now, Kevin Cash is not done. He is at the onset of what looks like a good core of race players. We're about to add Wander Franco, you know, a full season of Rosarania. So who knows what's next? Uh, I'm hopeful that uh, this is the beginning of really good things for Kevin Cash and not the end. So, <laughs> so I, I say yes, and it's very close. It is very, very close, right? I mean, I think I, Joe Madden, uh, I think was the image of, of Ray's baseball. He was the, the absolute kind of the, the dark rim glasses of Ray's baseball. He changed uh, the game in multiple ways. He, he innovated. He was the guy that kind of exemplified Ray's way of, of doing business. However, I do think for me right now at this moment, and again, Kevin Cash isn't done. For me, I think Kevin Cash has taken that Ray's way and gone a little bit further. I think it's gone. He's been even more bold in doing things a different way and completely not given one iota of a damn what anybody thinks or what anybody will say. He will do it and say like, listen, I think this is going to be the best way for us to win. Right. And you know what? He'll be first to say, put it all on me if it fails, but he'll stand by those things. And I, I think when it comes to the two, they, they both have really innovated. They give, you know, every imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And once the shift came in, boom, everybody was doing that. Catcher framing became a big thing. Everybody was doing that. The opener, how many teams are employing the opener? And a lot of them doing it kind of incorrectly, but a lot of teams are doing the opener now because the Rays did it. And it was immediately first through the, the wall. Everybody said, you know, the Rays were doing this labor-breaking move, but then every team is doing it from the Red Sox, the Yankees to the Dodgers, like every, every team, big market, small market, showing that like maybe there's a different way of deploying bullpen pieces, right? You know, the best closers, the best relievers are being used in the seventh eighth inning or in the ALDS game five Nick Nick Anderson comes in in the third inning to to try to get through that game and they they win that tough fought game against the Yankees so I think what Kevin Cash has done was build off of what Joe Madden did but in a way blaze his own path from that kind of dip where Joe Madden leaves Kevin Cash, he is definitively a Rays manager. We don't see him in any other thing. And I think Joe Madden, he is a Rays manager. He brought us out of the darkness of the Devil Rays, but he also brought the Cubs to the light. And so for me, if I had to pick one, I think definitively Kevin Cash has taken that next step. And I, I think right now, uh, Kevin Cash would be, if I had to say, who's the what's the definitive Rays manager? I'm going Kevin Cash. 
I mean, I do love Kevin Cash. I don't want to come across as thinking that I don't. Uh, and I do love Joe Madden, by the way. I always love Joe, and I hope. It goes I mean, wake me up when uh, Kevin Cash brings penguins and snakes into the clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to turn. I didn't want to turn this into like an MJ versus LeBron uh, like <laughs> daytime sports cable television debate. But Skip? Brett, do you, you? It is still open for you to take Lou Pinella. I was going to go with Rothschild, but you know, <laughs> you, you, I, I can I can take Pinella. I can settle for Pinella too. Uh, or when have Craig. either of these guys Lupinella, done one of only two managers to uh, manage a team to a higher winning percentage than uh, Kevin Cash? Yeah, I mean, can you can you name those two teams? No. Wait, he took two teams to a higher winning percentage than Kevin Cash. No, no, no sorry, two teams ever <laughs> uh, oh, have had. Hold oh, on. the Mariners. Me, let... Yeah, two thousand one Mariners. Yeah, 116 what... win. Yeah. And then Joe Torre managed the Yankees uh in 98 to a 704. Yeah. Yeah. I was percentage. Born. And that Mariners 2001 season was a 716 win percentage. I I've got one more quick point about Kevin Cash and, and kind of consuming some of this the local media that's come out since he was given the award last night. And it's something that maybe I just didn't notice or I glossed over, but how funny Kevin Cash is. And uh, I was listening to uh, Neil Solon's This Week in Race Baseball podcast on Kevin Cash winning or the rate. I don't know if it was This Week in Race Baseball. Yeah, I mean, he's got all the access and he's way more talented than us. So please make sure you're listening to his podcast first. Definitely. Before you sully yourself with our crap. (laughs) (laughs) He he had a story or Matt Quattraro came on and had a story that, you know, apparently Joey Wendell and Kevin Cash go back and forth all the time in the clubhouse. And Darby, I think you've said it, you know, we know that he he learned it from Tito Francona, but how, you know, Joey Wendell walk into the clubhouse and Kevin Cash will say that he got a text from the opposing pitcher that day saying how happy he was that Joey Wendell was in the lineup and that he wished he had been uh, batting higher up in the order so that he could face him more times uh, and, and stuff like that. And him and Wendell will go back and forth. And it's something that when you like talk about Kevin Cash and how he's written about and covered, not only at the local level, but at the national level too, that stuff doesn't get really mentioned at all. When you think of Kevin Cash, you think about the opener. You think about all, all this stuff, which seems to an extent highly analytical. And to see and hear some of these stories at the human level, uh, especially in a year like this, uh, that's been so weird, uh, hearing stories about the way Kevin Cash kind of managed through that, was was really awesome and I think a testament to the to the person that he is. Well and Kevin Cash did become legend this year also for his comments after the Yankees. Right. How do we get through this podcast this long without bringing up the origin of the 98ers? I mean the Rays might hold on to that nickname for quite some time. That's there's there's I should have used that as the argument, right? The nine equals eight has not lasted as long right now. I think the 98ers, the whole damn stable, that's gonna I don't know, that has some staying power right there. Well, Kevin Cashley, he doesn't always, and throughout his Rays, you know, managerial career, hasn't always been super outspoken. And a lot of that, I think, was due to the first few years. He was so young in his first managerial job, and he might not have had that confidence to come out and say things like he did this past season. Uh, oh, Danny's got the T-shirt. That's beautiful. Um, Tampa Bay 98ers right here. But but Kevin Cash. Good job, based out. Making that comment, like, in the, like, in the heat of the moment, um, was... I don't know, kind of probably the, one of the most memorable parts of the season if you take out, like, Game 4 of the World Series and Game 5 of the ALDS, which was part of that story. 
uh, which, yeah, one of the most memorable moments maybe in race history. Well, and sometimes you need those, like there's there inflection, emotional moments in the season, right? You need to get that extra bit. And the, the Yankees with that game that that was like their first like win against the Rays that they end up selling it really badly with Chapman throwing, almost killing Mike Rousseau. And there was some like huge tensions, right? The Rays were playing better than the Yankees. The Yankees then start this chipping and start this, this whole thing. And Kevin Cash, we, we had not seen that side of Kevin Cash really, right? We, we had seen the dry sense of humor, the, 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 very, the very sarcastic wit, the, the mm -hmm. Tito Francona-esque humor that, that Kevin Cash, very, very smart, funny guy. We had not seen the, he's mad as hell and he's not going to take this anymore, Kevin Cash. And so it's really effective in that moment, right? That he, he got his suspension for it. He got, I think, fined for it. I think he paid that gladly because that was this moment where with for the team, it fired them up. It fired them up more than say, if you went out there and had, uh, you know, somebody throw at the Yankees, right? Like Plunk, DJ LeMayhew, and then Aaron Judge. It, it fired them up because it was like, you know what? We do, if we want to go Yankees, we'll go. But you know what? You don't want to go. You just want to chirp. You just want to yell. You want to be bullies, but we're not going to be intimidated because we're better than you. And that was what that said, because then they came into the next game with a swagger. They put on a four spot on Montgomery in the first inning. They didn't throw at anybody. And then that bullpen felt like invincible the rest of the way. They said like the confidence level, even the guys that can't, couldn't throw 98 were like, you know what, maybe I can reach back and make my 95 look a little closer to 98. And uh, it, it was a, it was a great, you know, it was a great take the analytics and toss them out the window. Just like, this is just like a, a cool, emotional baseball fired up. Hell yeah. Let's run through a brick wall moment. And I tip my cap to Kevin Cash for that one. Yeah. He lives on in Ray's lore forever for the stable and for the 98ers. And uh, also the, the managerial decisions to give us those magical moments also deserve a, a quick moment of praise too. I mean, I also, the, the, he he talks about Joey Wendell's impact in the clubhouse. Kevin Cash does. He also talks about Mike Brosso's impact in the clubhouse around all of this mess. And uh, two uh, players who you might not have expected to have staying power. <clears throat> talking to myself there. Um, <laughs> who have lasted in Kevin Cash's uh, lineup and roster. And uh, he, he credits them a lot. But thinking about having the, um, the cojones, if you will, to start Joe series or uh, to put Mike Rosso in that moment uh, where he's facing Aroldis Chapman or uh, heck, even the decisions that led to Brett Phillips having his, his walk-off moment, which, you know, I don't think it was fully intentional, but it happened. And those were Kevin Cash's decisions. The same way Joe Madden made the decisions that lead to Dan Johnson being in a position to hit a home run, right? And, and Kevin Cash all season to, to, to kind of double up on that point, the way he kind of manages that clubhouse, it allows for guys like Mike Rousseau to be so in this team, even though his role is, is a very situational role. But you have guys that are so bought in and willing to do the things that Kevin Cash asks of them, right? You know, we talk about like, no, no pitcher wants to be pulled early, right? And, you know, Blake Snell's has made those, he, he, he shows emotion, right? And, and God bless him for it. That's what he should have. But he, after the game will say like, listen, 
I trust Kevin Cash. I know why he does these things. And I know that they work. I still think I can do it, but that's because I'm, you know, top level athlete. But you have guys like Mike Brasso, who's does not have a consistent uh, playing role, but he will have this very important role on this team, which is come in, smash left-handed pitching. You have, you have guys like Margot who, who have like a situational roles. You have Renfro who went off of 33 home runs is now in a, like a bench role, which it definitely affects how you play because you're not getting those consistent reps. Even Jose Martinez before he got traded. This was a, a, like a guy that got consistent playing time on a major organization that's willing to say like, okay, I'll, I'll do what we need to do because I trust Kevin Cash is a really good manager and is going to put us in a chance to succeed. And it allows you to put different closers in and be fine. It allows you to, to bullpen guys and have them come in, which isn't always comfortable. And I think that's a really big thing that we take almost for granted because Rays do this a lot. You, we, the Rays say like, oh, Diego Castillo, here's, you're going to start, you're going to come in or maybe the next day you're going to close, you're going to close the game and then come in and pitch the first inning of the next one. But this is the, these things do not happen by accident. They happen because you build up a trust in that team. And if without that trust, the, the Rays aren't as successful doing the weird things that they do. I mean, even veterans like Charlie Morton, you go back to that game at Fenway Park last year, he gets pulled in the fifth inning for Adam Kalerik, who then proceeds to give up a three-run home run to Andrew Benintendi. And the storyline was, Kevin Cash, has he lost the locker room? Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, the the short answer is no. Charlie Morton then gets pulled quite early again in game seven of the ALCS. The Rays go on to win a very close, low-scoring ballgame there. Uh, the trust he has in those guys, too. A guy like Charlie Morton, who is not too much younger than Kevin Cash um, and is a seasoned veteran in the big leagues, um, the fact that he can kind of garner the respect from guys like that, really impressive. And again, a, a, just another testament to, to Kevin Cash and, and how great of a manager he is. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think we're all just thrilled. For the local boy who got to take his team to the World Series this year, for Florida State's own, for those of you who are Seminoles and uh, I, I think the the best way to end this podcast is to allow Kevin Cash to speak for himself so as with other podcasts we have the audio from the media scrum after uh, the award was presented to Kevin Cash so here's that hey Kevin congratulations thanks Mark uh, I guess it wouldn't have been a, an award without a comment smart out comment from Tito huh <laughs> no, uh, that was pretty cool. I don't, I, I, how they plan that and who piece that together. But, uh, you know, if, if, for me personally, if you're going to get an award, you're going to receive it from somebody. I don't know if you could pick somebody better for everything that he's meant to myself and family. I mean, just a pretty, pretty special person. No doubt. Uh, I, I know your initial reaction. You're going to obviously talk about what it means to the organization and, but, but also, is there some satisfaction in this for you personally? There's got to be, right? Yeah. I mean, look, when, when you, look, you guys are the ones that, that uh, vote on this, and we build relationships. Fortunately for, for me, we've built relationships for, you know, going on six years and longer for some others. And uh, anytime you get uh, nominated or voted on by, by people that you get to work with on a daily basis and not the easiest circumstances, not the easiest situations. And this one was challenging, but uh, when, you're, when you're being voted 
uh, and appreciated for people that don't always agree with your opinion. Uh, and there, there can be some back and forth. Uh, I think it says a lot. So it's, it's a huge honor. And, and what does it say about the organization? Uh, a lot. And, and to me, that is the focal point. Look, um, you guys that are on this call have way more a uh, access and knowledge of what goes on uh, within the Rays organization. It, it's, a, it's a really special group. It's a special place to work, uh, led by Stu, Matt, Eric, Brian, everybody involved. Uh, and I, I think it's our job as staff to, to do everything we can to what, what, what has been afforded to us as employees to, to do that in, with the players. And hopefully we continue to do that as much as possible because it certainly is a tremendous place to work. Hey, Kevin, congratulations. Thanks, Juan. Well, aside from the protocols, what was kind of the, the most challenging part of the season or just kind of part of all of this for you? Um, well, I, I think the injuries were, were up there, especially at the onset. Um, we, we all dealt with protocols and you, you, we can't talk about those enough, but I know that answer has gotten old. Um, the, the injuries for sure. Um, you know, the, the, the situation with uh, New York there, right in the thick of things, uh, that was challenging. You, you, you care so much about your, your players and, and, and you want to do right by them. And there was a lot of discussion about that. But if I had to pick one, it would be the injuries. Kind of that thing with New York, not to kind of harp on that too much. Do you think that was kind of a moment where the team came together even more so than how close the team already is? You know what? Uh, I, I can't deny that. And I think the way that the reason they came together so well was because of what, what Joey Wendell and Mike Brasso and the way that, that their messages were received by their teammates. Uh, two special, special personalities, very much team first, team or, oriented approach. And we're, we're so lucky to have so many of those guys. And that those two are, are at the top of the list and, and the way they handled it. Um, just shows a lot about them and a great representation of our team. Hey, Kevin, congratulations. Thanks, John. To a lot of fans, uh, they grade managers on in-game decisions more than anything else. What do you think your most important job is? Being consistent. Uh, you got to make good decisions, there's, there's no doubt. Uh, but I think um, more times than not, it's being consistent and genuine, authentic with, with, with the people that you work with every day. Uh, it would be wrong of, of myself or, or any of our staff to, to, you know, change depending on wins and losses. Uh, I don't think you're going you're gonna to be able to get players to really want to be in that environment. And our goal is to get them to want to be in the environment that, that, we're, that we're proud of. And, and I think you do that by consistency. And our staff is top-notch in that. Um, we had some ups and downs over the last years. I mean, look, this year, we, we, 40 and 20, you can't have too many downs. Uh, a lot of things went well. Uh, got to the World Series. A lot of things went well. But uh, there were tough moments in there. And... Uh, we owe it to the players to stay as consistent as possible. Is that something that you've learned over the years or, or did you come into managing with saying, you know, that that's going to be the, the one thing I'm going to focus on more than anything? 
Uh, I, I think I, you learn it a little bit more over time. You get better at it over time, but uh, I mean, you, you think about like like Tito, for example. Um, I, I it was pretty special. I had firsthand knowledge as a or, or as a player. I got to see how he was in the clubhouse. Then as a coach on his staff, I got to see both sides of that. And maybe what I saw as a, as a coach wasn't what was seen as a player. And I think that's important. You have to be able to separate the two uh, and be as consistent as possible around the players and, and, and honest as possible. Thank you. Yep. Kevin, congrats. Thanks, Neil. Uh, from, on a personal level, who is most exciting in your family? Uh, have you talked to your dad at all? What was JD's reaction? What was it? What was the reaction like back at home? Uh, it, it was ex Emily. Emily was the most excited, and that—that's who I wanted to be the most excited. Uh, I have not talked to my mom or dad yet. Uh, They've—my phone's been going off the hook. I'm—it's like, uh, well, I'm looking at it right now. I think I have 141 messages <laughs> in the last 17 minutes. So. Uh, it felt like a World Series win or clinching the ALCS. That's what it felt like. So it, pretty exciting for all of them. All of my kids' reaction was was outstanding. Um, and, you know, it means a lot when, when you, your, your peers and your friends throughout the game reach out. So, but wanted Emily's reaction to be the best, and it was. Kevin, you mentioned uh, – congratulations, by the way. Thanks, Trisha. Um, you, you mentioned just um, – their reaction, but also talking about staying consistent. Is there anybody specific, whether it's your dad or Emily, that helps you stay so consistent and so even keeled for the team and the players? I mean, you talk about how important that is. Uh, well, I think my, my everybody plays a role in that in, in this house. Uh, you know, it, it, Emily's very consistent. Uh, my kids are going to keep me grounded for sure. Uh, Believe me, the, you know, not to blink, bring up game six, I'll go ahead and bring it up. But, you know, Camden and Ella were the first ones to say, why'd you take Blake Snell out? <laughs> uh, they said it in game, I think game five or six of the ALCS, and they said it in game six of the World Series. So when you're getting it from uh, 14 and 13-year-old daughters, you can handle it from just about anybody. Kevin, congratulations! I'll be the I'll be the latest one to to throw those out there. Thanks, Steve. Um, have you had an opportunity over the last you know couple you know week or so just to to reflect? Because this has been you know just the strangest uh, you know seven eight months that I mean we're talking about from going from pandemic to shutting everything down in Port Charlotte and then not knowing when things were going to get set uh, set back up and then everything getting up so quickly and then going into the sprint of the regular season and finally into the playoffs, you had a chance to kind of like go, did we really just do that? Oh, there's been a lot of those moments. There, there certainly has been uh, a lot. And I, I, and I talking to Mark the other day, um, I don't think I, I wasn't overly confident that we were going to get this thing up and running in spring training 2.0. I don't know of anybody that was. Um, so there's been a lot of head scratching, a lot of moments that, that it, it was really, really special and really impressive what this organization and our team accomplished this year. Uh, and hopefully as time continues, we'll continue to appreciate it that much more. Hey, so what, what did Emily say? Or can, can you repeat that? No, she she was just she was just excited. She was nervous, excited. We had a uh, Ella, our, our middle 
middle child had a soccer game, so we rushed home. I actually put on a collared shirt. I still have it on. I'm ready to go back and put my T-shirt on again. Uh, but <laughs> we, had to keep, we had to keep the dogs quiet, and the, the dogs were quarantined to the back patio, so we didn't hear them uh, barking and yelping throughout everything. Uh, but she, she was excited. We, we were all excited. I'm excited. This is, this is pretty cool. But, and you did look a little nervous when they asked Charlie uh, to tell them something that they didn't know about you. No, I would have been a lot more nervous if they would ask Rocco. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, and you know that's another thing. What what an honor it is to to be up there. Uh, Rick wasn't on uh, camera, uh, but to be there with Charlie, who you know we're really really close, uh, and what he did was pretty pretty unbelievable. Uh, can't imagine being in that spot and doing that in a different city and all the challenges that were presented to him on top of what all 30 manager or 29 other managers were going through. Anything else for Kevin? Hey, let, let, just one last thing. Just thank you to all the writers, please. I think, I think it's important to note that because uh, it means a lot. I mean, we, we, like we talked about at the beginning of the call, uh, the relationships that are built and the, the, the back and forth conversations, they mean a lot. They mean a lot for us individually, personally. They mean a lot for the game. And I think the people that have influence uh, in that department, um, it, it, it really supports our game. And regardless of who you vote for or, or which, which direction you lean, uh, it, it goes without saying that it's, it's just, you guys are all a big, big part of this industry. Uh, and thank you. I, I think I can speak for us and thank you for making it easy for us to do our job to being as cooperative and accessible as you are. So I think we thank you as well. Well, let, let's all hope. Absolutely. Please, please, God, let's get back to something normal <laughs> next year. You'll, you'll be happy to you have you in your damn office. I right? will be thrilled to have you guys in the office. <laughs> First time ever. <laughs> thanks, right. Kevin. Thanks, 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 Fam thanks. Famous last okay. words, Kevin. Congrats, man. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Kevin. Okay. Thanks. Man, I hope it's not back to normal next year because I like having uh, all this audio readily available to us from all the Zoom meetings. Uh, I'm, we're, we are not always able to be in the room every single time. This is a hobby for us, not a full-time gig. So we appreciate the access that the Rays have given us this year. We appreciate how forthright that uh, Kevin Cash is with the media and also appreciate that he's thankful as well. You know, in my personal experience and also I would say the experience of our writers at the site, Kevin Cash uh, suffers no fools when it comes to questions from the media. He is not one to just allow people to um, ask stupid questions. Um, you don't get a stupid answer. You get a very challenging question back to you. Uh, he is both a, a savvy manager, but also uh, just a smart individual. So I hope that came across in, in that nice little 12 minute bit. Uh, Kevin thanked the writers on the call. Um, uh, but really that extends to the entire blogosphere, I know, um, and we are just as appreciative as Kevin Cash as he is uh, for those who shine a light on baseball. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us on The Hit Show. Uh, I, I think this is the part where I'm supposed to ask you to subscribe or leave a comment or something like that. I don't really care. That's Brett's job. Uh, until next time, 
Thank you on behalf of Brett, Darby, and myself. Go race. Thank you.